You are listening to the Sermon Podcast for Triumph Lutheran Brethren Church. Our vision is to see the life and message of Jesus transform hearts, homes, and cities. Wherever you are, our prayer is that God would meet you and that the life and message of Jesus would transform your life. To find more resources, go to triumphlbc.org. What a beautiful truth we have as we... uh spend our time together today. Uh, Pastor Jay read for us the resurrection account from the gospel of Luke. So one of the, one of the gifts that the Lord has given us in, uh, in, your, in your Bibles is the, the fact that we have four different accounts of the life of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all four of our gospels watch the life of Jesus, all written with a different audience in mind, a different purpose, all pulling different parts of his life out for us to, to know. But when we put them all together, we, we see this beautiful picture of the life of Jesus. And when it comes to the resurrection account, that Sunday morning when the women went to the tomb, all four gospels speak to that resurrection morning. Each, again, looking at different parts. And it's so wonderful to have these four eyewitness accounts because it shows us and it proves to us that that morning, the grave, it was empty. That tomb was empty. When we look at the accounts, there's three of them, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. All three of them account for the words of the angels. So as the women came and the angels spoke, John doesn't speak uh, of the the words of the angels. He focuses on another part, but the three uh, gospels do. And as as Luke speaks to it, there's a phrase that he recalls from the angels that the others don't. And it caught my attention. Over the last few weeks, as I've been uh, kind of putting things together, preparing for our morning today, uh, I was reading through the gospel accounts. A little, little pastoral behind the curtain moment for you. There are two sermons a year that are some of the hard, one of the hardest sermons to preach. It's Christmas and Easter because the stories never change. Right, You know the Easter story, you know the Christmas story, so what, what am I going to share that's new for you? And so it's hard when you're going to preach this message, like, what am I going to share? And so as I was going through, I was reading all the accounts and just trying to figure out what's, what's going to kind of pop, and there was a phrase from the angel in Luke that kind of stopped me in my proverbial tracks as I was reading a couple weeks ago. And it was simply this, as the angels looked at the women, the angel said, why do you seek the living among the dead? And as I read that, and as I stopped, and I looked at that phrase again, what came to mind was that it's so like us to look for life in dead places. To seek life in dead places. 
Now, every single one of us, we, we, have, a, we have a list. We have a checklist of things uh, that we need to see have happen. We need to check these boxes in order for us to have a full, vibrant, wonderful life. Different for all of us, but the categories are going to be the same across the board. We, we need to find meaning and we need to find purpose in our life. We, we want to find uh, enjoyment, excitement, and, and pleasure to life. So we look to check those boxes and often what we do is we look around us. We look to the life that we, we see around us. We'll check those boxes. We'll look to achievement, accomplishments in our life. Uh, whether that be at work or, or some sort of a, a personal life goal that we've been striving after. Because here's what achievement does for us. Achievement uh, begins with a hard work that results in a reward at the end. And even in the hard work, whatever the uh, achievement is that we're seeking after, maybe it's the planning of a big event, running in a marathon, winning that next big client, Whatever the achievement is that we seek after that hard work, it gives meaning and purpose to our every moment. We work hard, we, we study, we train, we, we compile, we put everything together so that we have uh, this, this presentation ready, this, we're ready for the start of the race, ready for the clock to tick and for the event to begin. We had meaning and purpose. We went to work, we woke up with something important. And then there's the rush. You know the rush, like when, when it all begins, when it starts, there's that rush of excitement and there's that rush that, that everything is beginning. And then the pleasure of the reward at the end, the event was complete, you finished the race, you won the race. You got the client. Life. We find life in chasing the achievements. Find life in, in relationships, whether it be marriage or, or dating relationships or relationships with your kids, friends. There's life found in the fullness of relationship because there's nothing quite like loving one, loving someone else and being loved by them, serving someone else and being served by them find life and meaning in our relationships. Some of us will find this life in our, in our titles. Oh man, the, the, the value and the respect that we have, the prestige that comes with the title at work, the title you have, maybe the next promotion you seek after, title at the gym, Right, The one that works the hardest, the one that's the fastest, the one that's the strongest. By the way, I hold none of those titles. We strive, we strive after those, those titles. Maybe it's the title uh, in the organization that you serve in. It, it's that title that says that you are the most dedicated. You're the hardest working. You're the one that they depend on. We could never do what we do without you. It's the title in that title, when we get that, that's our identity. It's who we are. It's life. Those things aren't bad, by the way. None of that is bad. It's just not life. 
that's empty, it's dead. It actually is dead because in the end, it, it all falls short. Why do we strive after those things? It's because there's an emotional high that comes in those things, right? So whether it be the title we're seeking after, whether it be the achievement we're going after or the relational connection with somebody else, it's an emotional high that we seek after. And that emotional high we strive for because we have an emptiness that needs to be filled. And so we fill it with that emotional high and it is amazing, you know that new relationship. You know what it's like when you get the new car and you need to drive that new car. You know what those things are like. The emotional roller coaster, the emotional high of that is real. But like the roller coaster, it eventually fades away and falls back down again. So therefore, we chase after the next one because we need to grab the next thing because we've got that void again. It's seeking after life in dead places. Because the question is, when have you achieved enough? When do you have the right title, the right job? I read uh, a wonderful theological statement. It was posted on the wall of a Jimmy John's. But it said this, The gap, the gap between more and enough never closes. And how true to never have enough to want just a little bit more. The angel asked the women the question, why do you look for the living among the dead? We look for life in dead places. Which is different than what Jesus offers. Jesus offers life from a living place. Because he lives, because he is risen, we see life from a living place. You know, it was in in John chapter 10 that Jesus talked about the life that we have. Which, by the way, Christianity, anybody else, Christianity seems to be more known for what we're against than the life that is offered. Anybody else agree with that? It's more about the things that you can't do. It's the restrictions. It's the, 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 it's like life gets sucked out of you if you're a Jesus person. And what Jesus actually said in John chapter 10, he said, the thief has come to steal and destroy, but I have come so that you may have life and have it to the full. He brings the life that is full. And so in Christ, by the way, Christ speaks to all the same things that are on our checklist. Those things that we find that, that, that fulfill life and say that this is a full, vibrant, wonderful life. Because in Christ, we find that we are chosen and that we are loved. That's our identity. We find meaning and purpose as we live life to honor him and to share that love that he has given to us. We find enjoyment at at just being the object of his love in all of his provision. 
And then we get to love and be loved by the body of Christ. You know, over the last, over the last week, uh, leading up into Holy Week, at Triumph, we had three funerals in five days. All of them very difficult deaths. Really hard, these, what the families went through right before Easter. And yet the thing that made me smile was watching families loved by the body of Christ. People coming around the families, caring for them in their time of need. Life being found. And what's different about the life that Christ offers as he offers it from a place of life is that when we look to the world around us, what we look to do and we find these achievements and these accomplishments and the, and, the, and the possessions and the relationships, they come to fill the void within us. When Jesus comes, he comes to fill us and the life that we live is an overflow of what he has placed within us. Which means all the doing and all the accomplishments and all of the relationships is an outflow of what Christ has placed within us. It's never designed to be the thing that fills us. Because he fills us with that life. Because he lives, he offers a life for today. And for tomorrow. Because the tomb is empty. There is a hope and a promise of life for tomorrow. Okay, so I thought of a phrase, and, and you'll have to bear with me. It's a little cheesy. You've heard it. You may have even used it. It may have even been used on you. Here's the phrase. You can't take it with you when you go. Who's heard it? Right? Okay, so when I was in, I think, I think it was junior high. It might have been a little before that, but I think it was right around that time period. Someone took that, that, that quote. They took it to another level. And I think I heard it in a song for the first time somewhere along the line. And it was, you won't find a hearse with a trailer hitch. You want to heard that one? Taking that to another level, right? Just so you know, there is a hearse with a trailer hitch. After the first service, someone found the picture, showed it to me. Someone put a trailer hitch on a hearse. And by the way, they hooked a U-Haul up to it and completed the whole story. Doesn't matter how cheesy it is, no matter how corny it is, the, the truth is the same. And the truth is this. That when life is found in dead places, life ends at death. It's done. He who dies with the most toys still dies. Because he lives, there's a hope and a promise of life that continues. So in John chapter 11, Jesus said these words. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection. Resurrection, life coming back into death. Where there was death, there's now life. Jesus was dead. 
the Romans were very good at death. They were very good at it. They invented uh, cruel ways for people to die because killing people wasn't quite enough for them. So they found unique and cruel ways to bring end of life. Crucifixion being the worst. So bad, by the way, that if you were a Roman, you were never allowed to be crucified because they wouldn't do that to their own people. Crucifixion, they, they were good at it. As the day drew on, coming towards the end of Friday, Again, there were three being crucified, Jesus and and two criminals. And the Romans went out to break the legs of those that were on the cross to speed up the death because the day was coming. And, you know, they've been crucified since nine o'clock. It's probably coming like five o'clock and we need to speed this thing up a little bit here. So they go and they break the legs of the two criminals. They came to Jesus to break his legs, but they found him already dead. The Romans knew how to kill. So to verify, what they did is they took a spear and they, they placed it up into his side, up into his rib cage, And blood and water flowed, meaning that he had been dead long enough that there was a separation of the blood in the, in the, in the body. He was dead. They took him down and they placed him in a tomb. And when they placed him in that tomb, they rolled a large stone over the front and then placed Roman guards on the outside. He's dead. And he says... I am the resurrection, life where there's death, and I am the life. Jesus would go on to say that the one who believes in me will live, even though they die. Something more, a life that goes beyond when it's the end, it's not the end. Whoever lives by believing in me, Jesus said, will never die. The angel said, why do you look for the living among the dead? Jesus says, look for life among the living. So those were all my thoughts that went through my head as I read that. But then I went back to the Luke account again. I found something really interesting. Just kind of odd, actually. So the angels, they look at the women who have come to the tomb. And they say to the women, why do you look for the living among the dead? Well, I find that to be an interesting statement because they weren't looking for the living among the dead. They were looking for the dead among the dead. Jesus was dead. They came to prepare his body for a long-term burial. Like, they were looking for the dead. And where do you look for dead? Among the dead. They were going to the right place. And yet that moment was a moment of proclamation to the life of those women. The angels reminded them, remember, Jesus told you this was going to happen. He he told you that he was going to be delivered over to the sinners. He told you he was going to be crucified. He told you he was going to rise from the dead. And they went, oh, that's right, he did. They had heard it before, but it took that moment of proclamation. It took that moment of seeing the empty tomb. It took that encounter for them to realize that it's true. It's Easter Sunday. And here we are gathered in church. And as we gather in church on Easter, and there's a lot of us here, there are some of us that are here because it's Easter and it's the right thing to do. 
And I'm so glad you're here because it is <laughs> the right place to be. But there's some of us who have heard this before. Maybe it was last Easter. Maybe you grew up with it. Maybe you've heard it every single Sunday because you've been in church every Sunday. But maybe it's this moment of proclamation that it moves from something you've simply heard to the thing that you believe. Here's the proclamation for you. You are seeking life in dead places. You are seeking a life that is nothing more than temporary, momentary, emotional highs that need to be replaced as soon as the emotional high is gone. You are seeking life in dead places. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. In me is life. Whoever lives by believing in me will never die. The angels made a declarative statement and proclaimed to the life of those women. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. And then there's our friend Peter. Oh, good old Peter. Uh, I find myself resonating a lot with Peter, by the way. I mean, he's a guy who was uh, uh, quick with his mouth and, and very quick with decisions, even if they're not the right decisions. That's not why I resonate with him. It's just things you can be true about him. But you look at Peter. Peter heard the same thing that the, uh, that the women did from the mouth of Jesus, that he would, that he would be handed over and that he would, that he would uh, die and that he would raise again. He heard that same thing. But now then on this morning, he also heard from the women, he heard from them that the tomb was empty. Now the others, they kind of laughed and scoffed and went, you're just talking nonsense. But Peter heard all the same things. He now knew everything that morning that there was to know about the resurrection. Remembering the messages of, uh, of Jesus, hearing the personal accounts. And what did our friend Peter do? He got up and ran to the tomb. If there is anyone in this story that when seeking the living among the dead, it was Peter. Can I give you a little Easter morning confession? Here's my Easter morning confession. I find myself often seeking life in dead places. And I know better. I know better. And I still do it. You know why? It's because the pleasures of the here and now and the joys of this life, they're real. I want to be liked. I want really good things. 
I want respect. I want to have good, deep relationships. And all of that is great. It is, there's nothing wrong with those things when they are sought after in their purest of senses. The problem is I don't seek after them in the purest of ways. I don't see them as an overflow of all that God has placed within me and all these beautiful provisions of of relationship and possession and, and, and all this. I don't see it as a provision from God. I see it as a thing that is life itself that I need to seek after. And I know better. You almost want to join me on this Easter morning confession so I'm not all alone on this one. Right? We know better. And yet we seek after life in dead places. But because he lives, there is life from living place. There is a life that goes beyond this. And I don't know where you are today. I don't know who you resonate with. Whether you resonate with the women, you've heard it before, but you've never believed it. And it takes a moment where it just all comes together. Or whether you resonate with Peter, who knows better, but still goes and looks for the living among the dead. But when you look at both of them, they both believed. And it changed everything for them. The women believed and came running and told the disciples and they lived their life because they knew, they knew where to find life. And Peter believed and lived for the life that Christ gave him. Today, for all of us, we hear the words the challenge and the invitation of the angels. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. Hey, I'm Pastor Doug. I just want to take a minute and to say thank you for downloading or streaming this content today. We at Triumph pray that it will transform your heart and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. I have three quick thoughts that I just want to share with you and it'll, it'll only take a minute. First, we'd love to connect with you. If you'd be willing, visit our website at triumphlbc.org connect and let us know how we can reach out to you. Or, or you can visit triumphlbc.org events to find an activity that you could jump into. Second, We hope that you see this content as supplementary in your walk with Jesus. Our our digital content isn't really designed to be a replacement for belonging and engaging with a gospel community, whether that's here at Triumph or another church. And third, we invest a lot into producing this content and it's used to bless people like you and others all over our community. If this or really any of our other resources that you find online have been a blessing to you, would you consider giving? It's because of your generosity that we're able to continue creating and serving online. Thanks again, and may the Lord bless you.